There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Tech sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee baby we got it It's up, up, up. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Couples Therapy. <laughs> My name is Andy. And I am Naomi. We are a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, in, in quarantine, quarantine, we talk to good friends and great comedians about love, romance, and everything in between. You still can't say it without laughing ever since I shaded so, the title. It's I so mean, the tagline. fucking dumb. And <laughs> listeners, we we know you're... We, we look at the stats. There are many of you. One of you, please. <laughs> I'm begging. I'm on my knees. All right. If Naomi and I had had more time, if we were more inspired, we would come up with something better. What is this show about in quarantine? We talk to uh, good. We do talk to good friends of ours and also great comedians who may not be our friends. Right. Also, some people not comedians. Yeah. True. So, you know. And we do, we answer questions, but we talk about life. Questions. I mean, look, we honestly, you're about to listen to it. So what are we sitting here unpacking it? The fact is you've already- Because I'm a neurotic Jew, Naomi. I know that. No, I'm fully aware of that. Because everything um, has to be unpacked. You um, already heard the dulcet tones of today's guest. We have the one, the only, Margaret Cho. O-M-G. Naomi, I, when I was a, a wee teen. A wee teen. A wee teen. A pre-teen and a wee teen. A, pre, a, a wee teen back in Scotland. Uh <laughs> Uh, I first became a fan of Margaret's uh, watching her show, uh, All American Girl. Yes. I remember her HBO. It was her HBO half hour where I was like, what? That's how I learned like what comedy was. Yeah. But. Of course, uh, you dear, gentle listener, sweet listener, <laughs> um, kind listener. You might know her from many other things. Uh, 30 Rock, High Maintenance, uh, Law and Order. She was on yes. the episode of Law and Order. Miracle Workers. Also, her podcast, The Margaret Show. Yeah. Which I am on an upcoming episode of. But she has wonderful guests, so you should listen and download that after you listen to this episode, don't you think? Yeah, this was one of the, the those ones. Uh, no, you had like a thing like right afterwards. I would have talked to her for I another know. hour or two. Me too. I feel like at the end, we were getting into stuff, and I was like, Ugh, I have to go. I was like so bad. But you know what? Maybe that just means we do a two-parter. Maybe we bring Margaret back and be like, you know what? 
I got some more questions. I can't believe there are that in quarantine there are like time limits. I know it's pretty upsetting. It's pretty upsetting when it's like I don't know. We've been we've been a little busier than we should be in quarantine. I feel. I really thought that. I, granted, we're six months in, and at some point you do have to go back to living. But at the same time, I'm like everything should just be going at half speed as far as I'm concerned. Everything like yes. only essential activities, only essential items, yes. you know, keeping it very, very simple. Yes. Life should have been like, uh, you know, one of the runes in uh, Zelda breath of the wild is the stasis rune. And it freezes time for an object. That's what, that's what the quarantine. Andy, did you just get a Nintendo switch? Yeah. we. <laughs> yeah, it's been, uh, it's been therapeutic. Honestly, it's it's better than therapy. I like the music of Zelda. I find it very calming, and I wish I could use it to fall asleep. Because sometimes you're playing, and it's just like that nice little flutter, a touch of, a touch of strings, and I go, mm, mm. now that's that's calming. So you yeah. were, are you an ASMR lady? No, 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 no. Don't whisper. Don't chew. Don't play with slime. I just like a delicate music. I just like a delicate tinkly song. So you're not a slime kid. Either. I'm not a slime kid. No. <laughs> oh, boy. We just joined TikTok. Uh, I'm not on it. I refuse to engage. Well, you, I mean, you signed up to protect your name. I signed up to protect my identity. Someone was posting uh, stand-up of Naomi's, and so she had to... And then I was looking at it, and I found out you could uh, put, like, indie rock songs over things. So I just post uh, videos of the cats with indie rock songs over them. Honestly, Andy's thriving, mm. but so mm. much Mm-mm. of so much of TikTok, you know, there's so much slime. Um, <laughs> the slime so kids are everywhere. So much slime that it's like, well, all right, well. Anyway, let's you. let's do a, a tiny, a slight bit of housekeeping, and then get to Margaret, uh, yes. Naomi. Uh, yes. One of the things that we do every week is our Twitch show. Yes, we do. Every Wednesday at 2 p.m. PST. It's me and Andy, sometimes me and Andy, and funny friends, but it's always a good time. Henny, it's a beautiful hour. Come join the Couples Therapy Quarantine crew. Honestly, we started calling it group, okay? Let's connect. Let's be friends. Let's let's have laughs. Let's try to forget about the darkness for an hour. So that's at twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod. You heard it here. (laughs) You heard it here. You heard it here? No need to fear. And of course, with Margaret, we're answering people's advice, questions, and you know what we love? Your questions. So if you want to ask us about anything, it doesn't even have to, it doesn't have to be about love. It doesn't have to be about romance, any old thing that yes. we can get into with our guests. Hit us up on the socials, on Instagram, on Twitter. We love a DM. Send an email to CouplesTherapyPod at Gmail. But the best, best, best is to call in. What's that number they could dial in, Andy? 323-524-7839. Mm, girl, Call us about yes. anything. Have a weird phobia? I don't know if we can actually solve that, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> Thank you for that example. Because I said it, and as I was saying, I'm like, that's not a great example. <laughs> We're not going to solve anyone's phobias. I think you have to, what, what do you do to solve a phobia? Immersion therapy. Immersion therapy. Exposure therapy. Exposure therapy. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not going to help you. Well, but honestly, other questions. <laughs> <laughs> Any question that's not a phobia, we will answer with our guests. So hit us up. 323-524-7839. Now, you know what? I'm ready to get to Margaret because Andy off the rails. Roll, Roll it. it. Margaret's here. <laughs> Wonderful. Margaret's here. Here we are. Thank all you. of us. All of us. Six <laughs> six months here. in. 
to a pandemic. All yeah. of us uh, on the edge of sanity, holding <laughs> it together. That is, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm projecting that onto you. I'm just assuming <laughs> that you are like us. It's hard. Well, I'm a lot like you in that I do only go out when I absolutely have to and I fill the entire cart mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. to the br- top and it's just me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't have an excuse for all of this food. Yes, you do. No, yes, yes wait. You, do. you don't need I'm, I was about to say you don't need one. We have we fill two carts to the brim. <laughs> one for we each have a cart, so Right. Again, you are you are the mirror image of us. <laughs> You are. <laughs> well, no, but you're also, again, you're only going out like once a month. Mm-hmm. That is a month's worth right. of food. Right. Right. And that's what it looks like. <laughs> it looks like, and I actually, you know, but I, and then I go to a couple of different markets because I do go to like, I, you know, the Harmony Farms for my own game. And then I go to the Korean market. I go to a few different places. Um, but it's definitely like I try to go out as little as I can and then to the big market, whether it's the TJs or the Sprouts or whatever, I'm really, that makes me the most anxious because it's the people that just, they're like acting like there's no pandemic right. or something. Right. Yes, right. it's crazy. Right. This is what I say when it comes to full carts. Kurt Cobain was all apologies. I say we are no apologies. <laughs> there it I is. Say. There it is. No apologies. <laughs> But like people trying to touch your dog is very problematic in a pandemic. Yeah. If we weren't in a pandemic, but especially in a pandemic, it's like don't put your grubby little cocoa hands on my dog. Cocoa no. hands, yeah, Corona yeah. hands. Co- <laughs> your Corona oh. hands. But she she is really cute, and she also reaches with her cute little face and neck, long neck. Mm-hmm. She has like a long, like a, a giraffe neck. Yes, delicate. She's. She's built like a giraffe, but she's only like three pounds. So she's like almost all neck. (laughs) And so she reaches her long dog neck and body out of her bag. But so I can see why it's appealing. Yeah. But, you know, it's always like, you know, it's always hard because she's really cute and she she loves people. But it's hard because she never gets to see anybody. Um, (laughs) It's just me. Mm. But it's so funny, by the way. Also, like I imagine like. You going through the registry at whatever shelter you got her from, and like just the comments are just like all neck, all neck, mostly neck, <laughs> all neck, mostly neck, almost all neck. She was like, she looks like if you like rolled her out, she looks like you know, kind of just all like neck. She's like all like rolled out, though. She's kind of um, a baguette, yeah, uh-huh. a baguette, or like before you roll a pretzel, before you actually make the pretzel shape, if you're making homemade pretzels, yeah. Not that I've I just want to like, homemade. like I want to um, like dra- brush her in an egg wash. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, give her a little crispy, a little brown coating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. But but here's the thing, though, Margaret. I told you that that time I saw you out on the street and how like I saw Lucia the dog before I even saw you because you had that dog in the cutest coat. Don't be dressing that dog up cute and then be mad when people touch her. Because if you put her in an outfit, I'm coming. I'm coming for her. She's so cute. She has also her um, her uh, older sister who has passed on, uh, Gudrun, had a lot of outfits from like she because her her older sister would get outfits whenever there was like a movie like. She had an outfit when the Memoirs of a Geisha came out, so she mm-hmm. had a full Japanese kimono. <laughs> <laughs> and 
She also had an outfit from the first Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> all those, like, the Chong Sam, all those outfits fit. So uh, she still has outfits from, like, the all those, like, old movies. So she's going to wear those later. So th- they, later they'll be, like, dog fashions f- to come. Oh, I God. love the idea of there being um, f- dog clothing based on like merchant ivory films or like <laughs> like the Howard's End collection <laughs> of oh, like yes. dog clothing. Titanic, dog Titanic. <laughs> yes. And all of the, like, I, but mine are all sort of Asian themes. So now she has like dog clothes from The Ring and The Grudge. <laughs> okay. So she has, she's like got a lot of like, she hates that she, um, but she really hates the Japanese like schoolgirl look. And then the, <laughs> the other dog was a little bit chubbier. So um, it's all hangs on her. Yeah. And she's all neck. And the other dog was all kind of belly and shoulders. So it's all kind of like <laughs> hangs on her. So she just doesn't really, it, it doesn't really fit her yet. So J horror, but not anime. That's that's her yeah. style. It's more J horror, but but I mean, maybe she'll move into a more of an anime phase. I hope she wears more. I hope she gets into anime. She's just not old enough yet. Yes, 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 yes. She yeah. has to take time to discover. I mean, I didn't discover it until thirty-four. <laughs> so I mean, this yes. is an uh, look. I'm an anti-capitalist, but this is an untapped market where <laughs> you have niche clothing, like indie film yes. clothing, like yes. Hal Hartley clothing for right. dogs, yeah, or yeah, yeah. like oh, anime yes. clothing for dogs. Yeah. Yes. I'm with you on that. Yes. I very much am. Wait, wait, hold on a second. I mean, wait, sorry. Yeah, I didn't yeah. mean, to give, a, I I know, didn't I mean like, to give a plug to an NPR show. Is that what it's called? Wait, wait, yeah. don't tell me. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's That's called it. wait, wait, hold on a second. No, no, because we're going to answer some listener advice questions. Uh, And uh, just to get a kind of picture, because a lot of them are relationship questions. uh, Okay. uh, I want to ask you a a little bit about your own relationship history a bit. Okay. Or not the specifics of it, but like, because I was thinking about this, because like I, you've been in the public eye for decades, right? Yes. Yes. And so your love life has also been (laughs) in the public eye for decades. And I have to imagine that's weird. It's weird enough for Naomi and myself, and we're not yeah. really in the public. Right. <laughs> well, it's like, a, it, it, you know, it's like a, mine is not really either. I mean, it, it is really only to a certain extent. I mean, people don't really know. Nobody really knows. And, and it's kind of like also most of my uh, life is pretty hidden. You know, nobody really knows. I've never had that uncomfortable level of fame where people really pry. So that's good. You know, it's always a comfortable level where, it, it it doesn't really it doesn't really affect anything, but not even like for like people meeting you and what they think you're going to be. You know what I mean? Like dating, like you know, when someone like yeah. reaches out. Do you have to take a beat and be like, "Are you into me? Or are you into like the idea?" Oh, the like the public no. like your comedic yeah. persona. You mean? Yeah. Oh no, no, never <laughs> really. I mean, usually it's like it's like people go, "Oh, I do I have I met you before?" Like people kind of like don't really know. They're like. Do we meet before? Like, uh, you know, I have to, have I seen you before? Like, they think that they may have met me before at some point, or they may have met a friend of mine, or <laughs> something like that. They, they don't, they, they're like, do I know you from somewhere? But they don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never been an issue like that. That's it's not good. weird. Unless I'm like, unless it's a comic, where uh-huh. th- then it's like a thing. But then I don't really, I haven't gone out with a comic. Well, the last, uh, uh, like the the person that I went out with before the person I'm dating now is a comic and but then that was um you know it's not not a thing like but before that I hadn't gone out with a comic for probably about 
15 or 20 years. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh. And then you only have to worry about the uh, the Chuckle Express writing an article. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Whatever it does. But like, it, 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 I think, because there is, if you look you up on Google, there is information about your love life in a way that I that I would find intrusive if oh, yeah. someone wrote about us that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But you, I mean, don't, you, don't, Google, you don't Google yourself. Yeah, yeah. You're not but that, no. that, I guess that's what I was curious about. Like, it's it never it never affected you, or did you have to like kind of learn to to ignore it? Oh yeah, I never looked at it, so I don't really mm-hmm. know. I never okay. think about it. Um, I guess because a lot of it is not probably not true, or mm-hmm. a lot of it's kind of like oh, it's just speculation, or I'm not really sure. And then a lot of it's stuff that's happened a long, long time ago. Like there, only if I've dated somebody that was like super famous too, or maybe more famous than me, then it's like kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think uh, oh, the I when I went, I used to go out with um, Chris Isaac a really long time ago what? in the '90s, and you um, did that that, yeah. that smooth buttery voice. Yeah. Wow. He's okay. lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so that he, was the time. He was, that was a really long time ago. And he um, was so much more famous than me at the time. And um, it was hard because he was very private mm-hmm. about his life. And I wanted to talk about him on co- in my comedy. Of and course. he would get <laughs> really <laughs> upset. Ugh. Um, because he was like, you know, you can't do that because it's like, you know, you, you, you know, like I just, I'm like really sensitive about that. And I was like, I didn't understand why he would be because nobody knew who I was. Like, why would anybody care? And, um, but he was like really sensitive about it. Mm -hmm. So that became a whole arguing thing between us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, so that, that was a weird thing because i'm like why does he even care like this open micers doing shit jokes about him (laughs) (laughs) you know whatever but um uh, so that was that was the only time where i thought it was weird and then um uh maybe oh quentin tarantino i went out with but that was different because he was so famous that it freaked me out really because you'd never seen anybody like i've never seen anybody get the most royal treatment really like the most privileged of anybody i've ever (laughs) seen anybody like 90s hollywood just it was like being i can't even i can't compare it to anything but um the way that doors would just fall open and people would just fall all over him (laughs) you know like at the this was like at the uh, right after pulp fiction um was opening award season pulp mm-hmm. fiction that's when we were together oh my so god that that <laughs> the the privilege and pomp and circumstance around that was just mm-hmm. unbelievable so you you could see how um the celebrant of of that kind of uh applause was just you, it's hard because it didn't actually go to his head because he just sort of was this very kind of normal guy but you know, he was yeah. just excited because he got to buy all the the movies at his old uh, video store that he worked at. <laughs> <laughs> I like I totally know what you mean. Like honestly, on the micro level, like when Andy and I, since moving here, we've gone to a couple of like cool parties. You know what I mean? Or like premieres mm-hmm. where we're literally like, and we literally look at look at each other at one point where we go, 
what are we doing here? Or like, this really happens for people? So as you yeah. said, like when you're seeing, like you're there, so you're getting it too, but like you're seeing it all kind of directed towards like six inches to your right. And like what mm-hmm. it is to be so close to it, but also like kind of bird's eye view. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Like how many like people would invite us to do things and inviting both of us. And I'm like, you're not really inviting me. <laughs> I'm like, don't act like you want me to come. (laughs) Like, you know, like just, you know, people like inviting us to their like villa in Italy. I'm like, don't act like you want me to come to Positano. Like, (laughs) I'm invited. I I showed up there. You would let me in. Don't act like Mm -hmm. that's like Mm -hmm. that. Like me too. Like, (laughs) I identify with this. It's interesting, (laughs) though, uh, that both of you like it seems like both uh, Margaret, you and Naomi are either, like, okay with... Because, Naomi, you said that, like, oh, we're at these, like, parties or premieres. Not that we go to them very often. I know. But, like, the one, the twice a year, yeah. maybe, at most, <laughs> that we're at something. But, like, you're like, oh, we look around and we see, like, famous people, and it's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, but, yeah, but, like, you are at least in that echelon. You are, like, at least... And the same thing with you, Margaret. You guys are, are both at least, like... um appears in some way right but you both yeah. you see you both seem like either even keeled or you both seem um self-deprecating in some way where you're like oh but i'm not part of that like i get the i get the like maybe not like part of the like villa in tuscany <laughs> or whatever but like but like i do think that's interesting that both of you are a, uh, a little more like down to earth Well, it's like we're in comedy and we're like the people that are in comedy often are like we're kind of like these um, people that are like we're always going to be around and we're always going to be the the sort of observers, I think. And Mm -hmm. um, in in sort of like that thing of like just almost like the the kind of like the watchers almost of all of this (laughs) kind of go down. But the thing is, is that we'll always be there. Yeah. We'll always be present <laughs> during all of this, which I think is really interesting. Um, I, I, you know, sometimes those people in the middle kind of f- fall in and out of favor. Yeah. As as you'll see, like, time go by because nobody can really sustain those positions. And you see, like, people kind of, like, come in and out and, like, they can't, they can't sustain it. They really burn out. Even Quentin couldn't. Like, he's like, I've made my last movie. Like, I can't do this anymore. Um, And you could see like that can be an exhausting position to be in when people just celebrate you so much and then you become the sort of icon of a period and then you you just can't do it. Yeah. Well, it's also like it's interesting. It's not when we go when we go to parties, it's less even the famous people, even though sometimes that can happen. But more like just, oh, this is how wealthy, famous people party. Like when we Mm -hmm. go into spaces where I'm like, oh, like. There's just food everywhere. Or like we went to something where there was like a weed concierge and it was like a whole thing where I was like, I was like, that's like a whole nother thing. But I find like when faced with like an actual celebrity, there is something about being a comic that makes me feel not their peer, but almost like I'm not afraid of you because I get up in front of people who hate me all the time. (sighs) You're luck. Like you have a level of fame that is so much about luck. Because there's a difference between yeah. working and fame, right? Like, yeah. a lot of people working. But fame is like, 
you just got lucky. Somebody just like picked you that day. Right. You know, well, comedians are necessary. That's the thing is that that's why we're always going to be there. Comedians are actually really important to the structure of it. And they support the um, the network of fame. Fame is kind of like this up and down thing that it's going to constantly require new energy and new purpose. And Mm -hmm. yet comedians are always sort of like this even keel thing that's always going to be part of it you know Mm -hmm. sometimes comedians get famous too but even their fame wanes and grows and goes up and down yeah but it's like we're a constant need of there's so many people that need to be funny all the time (laughs) we're always going to be there right well maybe that's why I mean, I'll throw this out there. You tell me if this uh, resonates at all. But, like, maybe that's why, like, all this stuff in terms of, like, your love life, you're just like, eh. It's like water off a duck's back in in that sense. Yeah, because it's, like, so, like, you know, to me, it's it's always sort of, like, um, you know, whatever people say, it, it, it... it doesn't really reflect uh, the real truth of what's happening. And it's also never really affected what's happened between me and the person. Mm -hmm. Um, Except for what, you know, me and Chris Isaac, which was never really (laughs) that, that (laughs) intensive a relationship anyway. Also, because I was so young and um, it was such a, it was such an imbalanced thing because I was just so in awe that I was like with this like rock star. He was such a big rock star because it was like in 1988. Did you just you meet know. him at a show? Like, how do you meet a big rock star? We met at the MTV uh, Video m- Music, Music Award. Awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 88. Actually, um, Pat Smear introduced us from the Foo Fighters. He was actually in Nirvana okay. then. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was the, Naomi. That was the uh, they brought on another guitarist. Yes, at, yes. during the in utero years. <laughs> okay. I just have to. I have to translate for Naomi. He does have to explain. I'm like, I know what yes. Nirvana is. I know what Food Fighters is. Used to be is. in the Germs. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he's our old friend, and he um, he was uh, he he was he was he's 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 great. He actually lives in my neighborhood, but he was like this sort of like guy in Hollywood that we, we all used to hang around, and so um. I, I would always see him in Hollywood and like him and um, Kim Deal. I would always see him in the car at Fred Siegel and him and Kim Deal would be <laughs> sitting in the back seat, like trying to get me to come in their car. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? You're acting super weird. And I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, come on, come here. And I'm like, no. And I really wish I went in the car with them. I, I, I really regret that. <laughs> I know. Why didn't you? I think I don't know why. Being a free spirit, like meaning, like you're like down to like have an experience, like being like, sure, where are we going? We go into another <laughs> I state. I'm not sure. I think we, they were just probably, you know, gonna go 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 to Erwan. <laughs> but I I should have just gone with them. <laughs> oh my that god! Is, no, I get. Look, I get that kind of look. Here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Naomi, Kim Deal, who was uh, uh, in the, the Breeders. and uh, That I Pixies, know, Andy. Pixies, We've been Pixies. together a decade. She was a bassist and singer in the Pixies. <laughs> he um, is so rude. <laughs> <laughs> but like, literally, I only know because we've been together a decade. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was mm-hmm. not into that style of music at all. No, no, but you are, because look, again, I don't know if this is just like uh, uh, a recent thing, but again, you are someone who plans things, right? Mm-hmm. So someone just beckoning you, I would say in a sinister manner, the way that you described it, beckoning They're you in, in a back sinister manner. Yeah. Who's in the front in- seat? What is this? A uh, uh, taxi? <laughs> no, they're in the back seat of a convertible with the, the top up, a very expensive, like some kind of weird 
a convertible yeah. like vintage car in the back seat and then like in the I don't know who's driving maybe an Arquette of some stripe <laughs> and they're like in the back and they're like you know and I can hear the corduroy rubbing <laughs> on their legs and they're like you know and they're like the 90s it was the 90s probably yeah. 96 yeah. and their hair is like really like just the shag is like <laughs> you know, perfect tendrils coming down and they're like, just come back here, come back here. And I'm like, no, but I'm sure it was like, let's go to Erwan, which is, I could have walked, <laughs> but they couldn't because obviously they had like clogs on and like corduroy. <laughs> so they couldn't make corduroy. it. See, for me, if that, if that ever happened to me, <laughs> if that, if, if there was, I would just be too insecure. I'd be like, why do you want me to come into your car? Really? Yeah, I would just be like, uh, like the the closest uh, that I've gone to something even uh, resembling that here in Los Angeles. <laughs> I was walking, we were walking Mabel, and uh, Tom Sharpling from the Best Show yeah. was in a car at at the stops at the stoplight, and I was wearing a Best Show T shirt, and yeah. he like looked at me, and I looked at him. I I didn't know he was out here. Yeah, and I was like, wait, why is what? And it was like it confused me uh, and he like looked and like we like made eye contact and he was pointing and I was like and I smiled and I, I moved quicker to get away from the situation because because you were like here's I'll, I'll, I'll say this in those situations where there is someone who like I admire in some way for whatever they've done I want to get as far away from them as possible so they don't think I'm a fraud uh-huh. <laughs> I know what you mean okay. I know what you mean yeah, though yeah. I know what you mean yeah it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, we had an interaction from your car. You saw me. Now, Tom didn't beckon me. I, he would, right, right, I assume he would right. not want to talk to me in most <laughs> situations. But like, uh, <laughs> but like if, if Kim Deal, yeah. if, Kim, if, if uh, yeah. you know, beckoned me into a car, <laughs> I, I would smile and wave and run as fast as possible from that so that she could not have a conversation with me and find out. Wow. Oh, she does not like me. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I mean, but Tom Sharple. I mean, he's. I, I don't know. Like, I think that. I yeah. I think if you're wearing, if I was wearing like a pixie shirt, mm-hmm. I would. Yeah, I don't know. That's a. That's a. I mean, it's complicated. But Tom Sharple. Hmm. He's so great. Mm-hmm. I love the best show too. Yes, I love John fan. Worcester. Yes, John Worcester. I actually. This is an to tie in. When I was between marriages, mm-hmm. I was. <laughs> I took, you got married twice. Well, it was uh, the second wasn't wasn't a marriage, but it was sort of. Um, it was f- one marriage, but then I was living with somebody. But then, mm-hmm. in between that, I was doing a show with um, uh, Bob Mold, and then um, I was with Bob and John backstage. And I tr- attempted to take John home with me, <laughs> but I wasn't. I was. I was like, let's just go. I. I, I just tried to take him with me in the car, <laughs> and it wasn't any kind of like. There was no setup and no like romantic anything. I'm just like, but let's just go. I'm just gonna take you because it's time for us to just do it now, John. I believe it's time for us to just have a relationship. Of course, there's no there's no energy of no, nothing, but I just think now just is the time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've chosen you now. 
Uh, Naomi, to translate for you, Bob Mould, uh, Sugar. He was in a band called Sugar and Husker Do. Okay. Uh, John Worcester, drummer for Super Chunk. I know because I know him from Yes. And also drummer for Mountain Goats, drummer for uh, Bob Mould. And, and um other. and yeah yeah and Bob Molden Super Chunk and um he's in a lot of uh new pornographer videos and mm-hmm. he is it, the co-host for the best show yeah okay okay yes 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 Sharpling and, and Worcester yes okay the, yes uh, if you go to that's that, it the best show collection thing over there I'm that. not going over there <laughs> but <did> but, <laughs> but wait so wait so you okay. Sorry, you seem also like then a force of nature a little bit with like relationships. With relationships, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Because I, well, like sometimes I I just go, oh, let's let's have a relationship now. Of course that didn't work with John Worcester because he's just like, oh, no, 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 no. That's all right. (laughs) And then Bob was like, should I leave you guys alone? And I go, no, no, no. I just was going to try that out. I was just trying that out. It's okay. It's fine. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> and then I moved in with somebody else anyway. It's fine. But it, and that worked, that didn't work out. But it was just a funny thing because, I, I mean, of course I love John. And he's a good friend of mine. And um, But, yeah, I, love, I think John Worcester is like one of the – he's the, the most eligible indie rock bachelor mm. around. But he's married to his drums. And he's married to comedy, I think. Also. Okay. Mhm. Mhm. But do you did you find like a lot of your relationships will they start in a way where it's like you see a part like you kind of you're like do you kind of know instantly if you're into somebody like okay I think I want to kiss you on the mouth like do you feel it? No. You know what happens? It's always different. It always is very unexpected, actually. And I think um, it's always something like. Yeah, you never know. I think okay. you you really never know. It's always very very different. Um when I was married, it was very different and um when I uh the other relationships I've always like, been different. The last sort of run of relationships that I had, and the one that I'm in now is um great, but the last sort of run of them like I had been single for a long time and then I had never been on apps before and mm. then I started to do that and that was like really amazing because there's such a world of them you know and there's so many people Mm -hmm. that are on them and a lot of options so many options that i was like i was actually finding it really exhausting really and then people would message me and i was like i don't want to go on any more dates (laughs) (laughs) well you were doing it for real see that's the thing like i didn't like it Exactly. Like, I remember when I would do them from time to time, like it was almost like this is going to be my month of like going out on dates because it is like a mm-hmm. job to like mm-hmm. meet someone for the first time. It's all job interviews. So yeah. it's like you could only kind of do that. Be like, this is my month where I'm going to go crazy and then be like, OK, I can't. I got to go off. I got to be done. Yeah. It's like binge yeah. watching something. Yeah. Binge watching people. That's it. <laughs> right. That's it. <laughs> Romantic binge watching. Uh, should yeah. we get to some questions? Andy? Oh, yeah. Let's take a a quick break, and then we'll come back and answer some of your advice questions. We'll be right back. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey y'all, wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles, plus lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couplestherapypod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. And, and we're, we're back. back. We got Margaret Cho here to help you handle your scandal. So if you called in, if you wrote us, we going to answer some questions. All right. There Margaret, are. There we are. have the first one coming to Ooh. us now. There are a number of ways, by the way, you can get in touch with us. Uh, one of them is through DMing on any of the social, social media. Networks, But we also love the most when you leave us a voicemail. So you can always call us at 323-524-7839. And we got a couple of voicemails for you today. Uh, Margaret, if you can't hear this, let me know. But uh, this, okay. I like to start with a softball. <laughs> so let's listen to this voicemail. Okay. Hey, uh, Naomi and Andy. This is Maggie calling with a bit of a car slash dog question. Uh, I'm a hero and I help out an older lady uh, who lives close to me by dropping off groceries and stuff for her. And recently, she has started helping uh, take care of a cute little foster dog. And it's a big dog. Uh, It's like a lab kind of size. And uh, I pulled up yesterday into her driveway, and the dog started jumping on the car, uh, thinking I was uh, the the other lady who helps take care of this dog. and I didn't realize until I was leaving that the dog scratched the shit out of my car. And it's a lease. It's a little cute car that I really like. But it obviously was an accident. A dog didn't mean to do it on purpose. But should I tell this little old lady that her dog done fucked up my car? Or should I just, like, take it in stride and get it buffed out and, like, take the hit? I feel very guilty uh, making her feel bad about this uh, this poor little pup. Um, so, yeah, let me know what you think. Love you guys. Love the podcast. Mooches to Mabel. <laughs> Bye. Aw. That's 
Okay, so has that sucks. <laughs> I know. What does it take to buff it out? I mean, what is it? What does that mean? Like, what kind of scratches is it? Is it something that she can just physically do herself? Like, what is it? When is it? Is it like? Um, I guess. I guess. What's the extent of the damage of? Right. If she says buff, though, because it's all about like when you scratch, right? Like how many layers of paint come off. You know, yeah. so like yeah, if a dog's nails, like no, when she says buff it, like you should have to go to the actual auto body shop, but it wouldn't be like when we scraped our car and they had to like repaint the whole thing. Very nice of you to use the phrase we when it was me. Well, I I, mean, I went around a tight turn. So look, <laughs> I don't I don't really drive. I don't like driving. I drove from the ages of sixteen to about eighteen. Went to college mm-hmm. and and then like only drove on vacations. All right. And then we move here to Los Angeles. I suddenly have to drive again. <laughs> and uh, th- everything is like a tight turn. They packed in so many cars in this stupid town. <laughs> Everything's a tight turn. So I went around. We were parked on the, the roof of Petco. Yeah. In ho- yes, folks, Hollywood. The Hollywood <laughs> Petco. Ooh. And they had a park. They had a... a a parking lot on the roof with very tight turns, and I scratched the yeah. living shit out of the car, immediately felt um, sweaty yeah. and panicky. Ooh. Well, it was also, but then when you look back too, you saw on this little car, like on this little corner, the paint of so many cars. You know what I oh, mean? Like yeah, it's one yeah. of those. Where yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Do something. Do something yeah. with this. Yeah. <laughs> like it's evil. But the that worst. was expensive. But like when it's like a, a surface thing, it's not. I wouldn't say tell the lady. I wouldn't say tell the old yes. lady to like make her pay for it. That's my vote. But she might need to know if the big ass dog is like aggressive like that, right? Yeah, just to know like what the dog's like kind of behavior is and what yeah. the what the dog's tendencies are. Like if the dog has the um, tendency to jump or whatever, just yeah. so she's aware. But yeah. not to sort of make the like just to say i'm you know i'm not saying like just to you know also just to like you don't have to um you don't have to sugarcoat everything or make everything so soft for other people Mm. you know you you don't have to make things like other people so that they don't know what real life is you know like (laughs) (laughs) you should you should tell people the truth about what happens but don't expect anything like when you do favors for people or help people, they should know what you go through. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the vibe I get from you, Margaret, that you are like you are forthright, no nonsense. You yeah. will tell yeah. someone, whereas I will cower <laughs> and I will pace yeah. forever and like dither and figure out how I can avoid telling anyone anything. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm yeah. very like, I think I'm trying to get better at something I'm always afraid of people being mad at me you know like as general as that is like don't be mad but then you realize the extent to which mad is not the end of the world and people can process their mad you know like I'm gonna tell you something it may not be fun go take a walk do what you need to do you know when I wouldn't let that happen it was very like Mm -hmm. well how do I make it so that this person is not upset it's like well I'm learning, like, it took me a while to kind of realize, like, that's actually not my problem. Yeah. Their reaction. But you're, like, the right. only, you're the only one that I can be, like, I can say things to. I know, you too, which is why, like, <laughs> and I think sometimes I go overboard. Like, I'm almost, like, so comfortable and no, or so safe that I can just tell you anything. And then, I'll be, and then you'll be like, that was hurtful. And I'm like, okay, okay, got to scale it back. Got to scale it back. <laughs> Wait, are you, in, in relationships, Margaret, are you able to be honest with people? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. And you've Very always been like so. that? Yeah. Not always. I mean, it's mm-hmm. taken a while. I mean, I've had to, I've gone to therapy. I've gone to different kinds of therapy. And I've also been hospitalized for um, a long time. I was institutionalized for a long time. So I think that when you have to like be like institutionalized, like when you're taken out of society, mm-hmm for mental reasons like for your mental health then you like really come back into society and you like really learn how to behave so that you don't have to be put in a hospital again <laughs> so, you learn the hard way mm-hmm. huh? <laughs> um, but i also like think that like uh, you know, I'm 51 and, I, I, you know, I have to like live right. And so mm-hmm. there's a couple of things like I have um, I, I have like just like it just I have like a plan for living. Like I'm just trying to be happy now. And I've tried things a lot of different ways. And so it's but it is hard. It's hard to be honest with people, but you can never control people's reaction to things mm-hmm. and you can never control how people are going to be with you. So I just rather like mitigate the reactions of people by telling them how i feel and just see where the chips may lie mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very mature very healthy mm. what boundaries you have yeah what boundaries i have i, need I have them. A, <laughs> i have a problem saying no in an email to like <laughs> i don't know like a, a friend that wanted me to like uh Set, make a gift for them or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I used to have a hard time saying no to shows, meaning like if oh, I didn't yeah, want to yeah. do it, you know, because I think it also comes from like you know when you're starting out when it's like stage time is the gift, you know, and mm-hmm. like and you also just and then there's also the moments where it's like I know I need to just be out there like practice or do whatever, but then there also then there's that flip side of like knowing that you know no that's not going to be a well-attended show knowing it's a far away show knowing it's an unpaid show you know any kind of combination of those things where it's like ultimately that's not what i want to do in my time right now but i would always be so scared to say no so then i would just not respond to the email which is way worse you might as well just yeah it's hard it's hard to make those like boundaries and but it's also important to know like what you feel good saying yes to and what you could say feel good saying no to and you know that just makes it all easier in the long Mm -hmm. run right 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 and knowing my favorite thing is like no is a full sentence you know having to remember that i don't need to like well the thing is i just uh you know like coming up with a reason it's like no oh yeah no that just plagues me <laughs> yeah. Is this a good reason? Is it exactly? Uh, is this a reason that will make them not mad? Uh, it's like so honest? psychotic. <laughs> the point is, tell the old lady that the dog is cray. You pay to buff it out, and your love will be fine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's what I think. That's great. Those are... Exactly. All right. All right. This is another voicemail. Hey guys, um, love you both. You're amazing. And here is my advice question. Um. Famously, you're both sex negative and sex neutral, so this isn't really about sex, but more about orientation and coming out. So I've been with my partner for um, over a dozen years now. We've been married for half that time, and I'm feeling like I'm finally understanding that I'm bisexual, and I always thought that I was just very straight, but like... I appreciated women's bodies and I thought they were beautiful, but now I'm realizing that um, there is like an attraction there 
Um, and not that I would leave my husband for that or ask him to open a relationship or any of those things. It doesn't change that um, for me. But my question is, do I need to tell him that I'm feeling this way or that I finally understand this about myself? Um, yeah, would love your advice. Thanks so much. Bye. Hmm. A puzzler. We should... Oh, Margaret, you were about to talk. I think it's not necessary to tell anybody yet and in that you sort of have to figure out where you want to be sexually. Like, it's more like, is your sexuality for sharing or is your sexuality for just you? Like, where do you find your purpose as a sexual being? That's mm-hmm. kind of more where your journey is going to begin. And sometimes um, sexuality... It's, it's complicated, but we, it's because we complicate it. And um, bisexuality doesn't always mean open relationship. It doesn't always mean polyamory. And um, it also doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, we close off our relationships too. And it doesn't always mean gay. It also doesn't always mean like what we sort of like think swinger lifestyle. <laughs> So we have to sort of think of like, what does it mean to us to feel bisexual? And what does it mean? Do you want to act on it? Do you want to see, like, what do you think about when you think about sexuality and you think about your attraction to women? What is the ideal sexual situation? And, you know, it's, and, and what your sexual situation with your partner is now, like, what does that look like? And what is that? I, is it ideal or is it, is it, is it in existence? That, that's sort of what it sounds like to me is that it, same seems like it doesn't exist. I don't know. I can't hmm. tell. Yeah, I can't tell either. I can't tell either. I mean, they seem very like um, confident in this idea that I'm not trying to end this relationship. I'm not like saying, like you know, as you said, it sounds like early days. This person isn't like wanting to step out of out of their marriage, but mm-hmm. it's just a question of like, sh- how open do you need to be with your partner about like your mm-hmm. inside feelings. Well, how much yeah, there's no uh, right way. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, as a, uh, I was going to say a dummy, but, uh, <laughs> let's just, let's just say a cis het dude. Um, I, I've never had to struggle with any of this stuff. And I'm curious about like the, um, how it, how kind of discovering that about yourself informs your identity. Do you come out of that as a different person? And if so, maybe that is like, how why you should inform your partner if it changes who you are as a per if if learning that about yourself changes who you are as a person again qualified asterisk <laughs> i'm a dummy <laughs> well the, the 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 truth is is there is no right way to do it there is no defined path you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and that that's the the plain truth of it is that there is no right way and she's asking if there is a right way and mm-hmm. there really isn't mm-hmm. you know there's only your way and your way is your right way. And yeah. and that's like the, the thing is, is that life is short and you you want the experience. You go get the experience. And if you don't feel like you need it, then you don't need it. But you you if you feel this way, you should do something about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it's really it's worth it. And it, it's really a great thing to do. <laughs> but, um, you know, don't think that. That, that you have to do something because there's a right way and the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You seem 
When she mentioned, by the way, just so you, to fill you in, Naomi is sex negative. I am sex neutral. <laughs> you, 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 Margaret, seem sex positive. Yes, very much so. Is yeah. that like just being from the Bay Area where it seems a little <laughs> Did more... Did San Francisco do it? Did San Francisco do it? A little more it? open? But you grew up super... Reli- not super, but religious. Religious. Yes, yes. Religious, but my parents owned a gay bookstore. Oh, it was um, a gay bookstore. Yeah, it was a gay bookstore. So they were trying to escape the confines of their own religious upbringing. Mm-hmm. So my grandparents ran the big gay, uh, not the big gay church, but the big, big Christian Korean American church in San Francisco. But my parents ran the big gay bookstore <laughs> in San Francisco. <laughs> so that's my uh, upbringing is that those two sides. Okay. Um, but uh, the um, the gayness, I mean, I'm bisexual, so I think that, but I think that now I'm much more uh, heteronormative in my expression, just because mm-hmm. that's the relationship I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I feel, but I feel like very comfortable in my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they, I, I, I had read somewhere that they owned a bookstore. I didn't realize it was the, a gay bookstore. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. was like, okay, so that's fun. You guys are really covering all the bases of San Francisco as a family, really just kind yes. of running it, you know? We're, t- just, we're turning it out. We're, yes. we're, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy this year because um, I'm doing the uh, Folsom Street Fair. I'm hosting it online, which okay. is the big BDSM uh, gay festival uh, at the end of September. So oh, cool. it's all going to be online, which is crazy. But I'm thrilled to do it. That'll be fun. That'll yeah. be real fun. So wait, was it always like, like were you always pretty aware? I, I don't want to, being sex neutral, being sex negative, <laughs> I don't really, and I also don't want to put you on the spot to talk about anything you don't want to talk about. She'll tell but, us if she doesn't. But like, yeah. uh, <laughs> were, were you always pretty like comfortable in your sexuality? Yes. I Well, I uh, was uh, came out as a lesbian first as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I was um, actually bisexual a little bit later on, um, later in my teens. And then um, I kind of have gone between feeling more gay and more straight over time. And now I've sort of settled into more of a heteronormative feeling at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's that's kind of stayed. I think mo- the longer relationships I've had have been with men, just because mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no real interesting. I think it's. I, I I'm hoping that like the the um now that like as a society or it seems like as a society at least except for the like the most regressive parts that. Uh, people are acknowledging that sexuality is a spectrum Mm -hmm. that also Mm -hmm. that will open up the door to understand that sexuality is also uh, in some ways a process, right? Yeah. Or, or not, if not a process, maybe that's the bad word, uh, a bad word for it. But like it is, uh, you know, in, uh, in uh, what was a slaughterhouse five, you know, (laughs) uh, how the, uh, that Kurt Vonnegut book, how there's Mm -hmm. the fifth dimensional beings and they see, uh, us as time worms, uh-huh. they see us our entire lives at, at, in, at once. Uh-huh. That in some way that you can understand that sexuality is also, or like all the different kinds of things in our identities can shift over time. Uh-huh, yeah. they can time worm. Yes, they, they can, can time, time worm. Yes. Let's yeah. do the time worm. That's the time worm. <laughs> 
Exactly, exactly. But also, I also feel this need to explain to Margaret when we say sex negative. It's just more like, I'm not that into it. <laughs> like, it's not other people's. It's not like, like, I don't, I'm not, um, like, I'm not prude. I'm like, I'm very much like, tell me your life and like all that and talking about it. I just feel like I don't have much of a drive. And so I call myself sex Ooh. negative. But other I mean, people's sex, time, I'm not negative. Or is it, is it like, um, is it just, uh, in general, just not feeling like in general. And like, I don't know, like, and I don't know if it could have just been a weird relationship to it in the first place, because I do mm. feel like I very much conflated sex with, um, like attention, right? Like it was like, okay, mm -hmm. if you, I know when we're having sex that you like me. So I would chase that really. And then yeah. once I actually got a relationship where I was like, oh, I don't have to have sex with you to know you like me. Yeah. Then I realized I was like, oh, then I don't really want to have sex. Yeah. Um. So there's other, yeah. <laughs> there's different kinds of like ways to be intimate that aren't necessarily like sex. You know, there's mm -hmm. like different kinds of um, physical intimacy that is gratifying. That is sort of like, you know, I think really fun. That's not necessarily like sexual. Like there is this thing that does, um, woman was coming over we were doing pony play mm -hmm. which i was like i'm not sure if this is sex but i'm like this is really fun but i'm not <laughs> like but i'm like this is like how is this sex but i'm like this is kind of like wow you know and we're yeah. like where i was like this is sex sex <laughs> i just obsessed with the question mark sex? yeah i think i think because like uh Bro culture heteronormativity is so dominant here, if not mm -hmm. like in the world, like everyone's idea of sex and intimacy is just right. DNV. Right, 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 yeah. right. As opposed to like a entire uh, grab bag of yeah. intimacies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many different kinds of sexual expression. Like there was this guy who really liked to get like um, – packed into like this vacuum bed like a latex vacuum bed and it would just just like get like like all of the air sucked out so like he was like a yeah. you know like a vacuum seal yeah 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 like he was just like he was at uh like a kielbasa at tj's or wherever yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know at sprouts or air one <laughs> you know where they would just vacuum out all of the air from the bag and then he would just be shrink wrap it was shrink wrap wow and then that was it that was it. And I'm like, okay. Okay. And yeah. I'm not sure where, but that was like his version of sex. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would be into that. <laughs> it was fun. Not, not for like, me, like but for fun. someone else. Like if yeah. I had a partner who was like shrink wrap me, I'd be like, cool. I'm going to go watch a program or read a book while you shrink wrap. <laughs> yeah. It's like really like. It's like very like, okay. I mean, and then there was like in San Francisco, there's, um, I guess when there's not a pandemic, there's like a human um, dog park. So you bring oh. like your human puppy. And I have then never heard of around. this in San Francisco. Like Why? a sub-dom type thing? Yeah. Why yeah. Do you have to be in the know to know that exists? I feel like that would be a thing like everyone would know about. I guess so. I guess you okay. would have to be someone okay. in the know. And then okay. you bring like your partner who's like in their dog mm -hmm. uh, collar and their, uh, I don't know, their dog persona. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and they run around and it's like they can just play with other dogs in a human dog park oh wow and um then there was another guy who i was dating a little bit and he had a a human cat and i was like oh okay (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> but he was 27 and she was 55 and I was like okay oh and he was too young for me but that was like <laughs> and that, that like, was like th- that was too young <laughs> <laughs> but wait, so, so it was just the age thing it wasn't the human cat that like <laughs> no that was fine I was fine with him yeah, having yeah, yeah. a cat but I'm like you're too young for me because <laughs> <laughs> I guess whatever provides intimacy as long as it doesn't hurt anyone like why not right, right. unless they yeah. want to be hurt you know, well, if it doesn't hurt yeah. anyone it, outside of the, unless it's yeah. non-consensual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, what I mean. of course. No. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, I think I think it's really it's it's so there's lots of different things that people do that are not sexual, like mm-hmm. that people that aren't sort of like yeah P and V. Yeah, that are <laughs> definitely like different, but yeah, I've, that I've seen. I think the weirdest thing I've ever seen was I used to go to this sex club in um, the '90s in uh, North Hollywood that. Um, this guy had like this machine that he would he got at a veterinary office that would uh, enlarge his penis to the size of a um, a basketball. <gasps> what? And it, it, he was like in his seventies, I think, and he was an entertainment lawyer. He also owned a junk, you know, a Chinese ship off of oh. the coast of Santa Monica. But that was outside of the story. <laughs> uh, that had nothing to do with the fact that he would enlarge his penis. He's probably dead now, but he still had a junk. And <laughs> yeah, he, had, yeah, yeah. he would he would inflate his penis to... The, it was a basketball size inside wow. of this veterinary machine. Oh. Yeah? That sounds um, so painful. Then we would like, just sit in this bedroom thing. And it wasn't really a bedroom. It was his club. And we would just sit there and we would just talk to him. It was me and the publicist. I was dating the publicist from Dawson's Creek, I think. Margaret! <laughs> 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 Me and the publicist and from Dawson's Creek would just sit there and talk to him and with his enlarged penis and we just I don't know we were I think we were talking about like chocolate chip cookie recipes or something like that <laughs> and whether or not you could put uh, potato chips in there at that, that time it was a very controversial issue about putting like a salty thing and salt a sweet and sweet thing. yeah 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 and, that was um, the controversy that, yeah that was the that, at that the point that was a very controversial yeah. thing. And, uh, but yeah, that was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen was somebody enlarging, you know, a penis pump. I didn't even know the body could do that. Like go that big. Like I'm like, because when you say it, I imagine it like bursting, which obviously didn't happen. Oh, but I just can't imagine. What I'm imagining is uh, Big Trouble in Little China towards the end. (laughs) The one guy like takes in all this air and then explodes. Uh Uh-huh. But no, that's not what happened. But he was just hanging out Uh comfortable. I think it was like a gradual um, suction. That it was like gradual, 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 gradual over several hours that it would finally get to that large, large state. It's amazing what the body can do. It's incredible. It's like really like I am blown away and now I want to find this online. Yeah. To see how it works. I uh, (laughs) don't show it to me. Um, I won't. That's my time. <laughs> so Margaret, my- thank you for joining us. <laughs> Margaret, thank, you. thank you so much for doing the pod for yeah, talking thank to you. us. Um, thank you. What, um, a, what a delight, even uh, even with the penis imagery at the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was fine. That's why I'm okay sure. with it, right? Like if he, yeah, if, he like, I'm like, if he's if he's doing fine, like I just like I'm more, I'm more like very interested in it scientifically. Anyway. 
Um, Margaret, you're the greatest. Thanks so much for talking to us. Truly. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys next, next week. Time. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.